0: Okay, welcome to episode 153 of Sackings Therapy. I don't know if you can hear in my voice, but I am not very uh I'm not very happy right now after this Portland uh um, Sacramento game. Um Kings lose what is it? What was the score? That's how that's how messed
1: one up. one no 1-0-3-2-88
0: Yes, 103 to 8. That's how out of sorts I am after watching this fucking garbage. So, uh, before we even get into it, the Portland was missing day they were missing CJ, they were missing Norman Powell, they were missing Larry Nance. So, so instead we end up facing Robert Covington, Nasir Little, Yusef Nurkic, Macmore and Anthony Simons. Sure, still a still you know not the worst players in the world, but they were missing four guys, four, like, starters, and you lay down
1: like this. What the fuck happened? A lot of things happened. A lot of pretty bad plays, I gotta say. Um, defense, rebounds, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff.
0: Well, the one thing I will point to, which was basically the reason why they lost this game, unfortunately, is three-point shooting. So they were seven for thirty-one, but that, that which sounds okay, but like you know, for a while they were, I believe, set two of twenty-three at one point, until like a late flurry towards the end. But they just could not hit anything. And guess what? When you can't hit anything, what else do you do? Do you go into the paint? Do you maybe try to exploit the mid-range? No, you keep shooting more threes, and you just keep shooting them. And but to be fair, they stopped shooting them a little bit in the second half, but.
1: Yeah, they just kept jacking threes and they kept missing. Yeah, I mean, it, it just wasn't going down for them. Uh, at least for the third quarter, they only attempted three threes, I believe. And, you know, none of them did go down. But we did kind of have a small run in terms of, like, within the three range. Uh, it's pretty much our only high scoring quarter with 27 uh that third quarter but other than that we were pretty far out from that point so i'm actually looking
0: at the um so i'm actually looking at the shot chart apparently only attempted one three that entire third quarter was it only one Uh, apparently i don't well yeah well like was there was one that was like right on the line so maybe that's why but uh Long story short, like, yes, they were—they missed a lot of threes, and unfortunately, when you stop hitting threes, the defense tends to pack in the paint a little bit more, and the Kings just could not exploit—could not, like, you know—they basically just couldn't get anything going. Like, you know, there was no spacing. Anytime, like, De'Aaron tried to drive, there was no space. Anytime that um, Tyrese tried to get something going, there would be help in the paint. So, like, I get, to a certain degree, why they played like shit the way they did— and you know, honestly, had they hit a few more threes, this is a very different game. But again, this team is missing four of its starters. Like one, you know, an All NBA guy. Granted, not this year. Uh, another one, you know, someone that should be should have been an All Star in the East a long time ago. And then, you know, two very important uh, rotation players gone from this game. And you laid an egg. You come out slow. And you just rely way too much on the three. And when you don't hit threes, you know, it's much tougher to score in the paint, but it doesn't stop you from playing defense.
1: Yeah, especially the defense, because you were saying, like, during the game, like, you know, let's make the defense great offense. And, you know, the Kings didn't really do that at all, to be honest, because our defense was god awful.
0: Now I did say that, but I was saying for next year because at this year I'm done with this year. I'm pretty done
1: with this year, so
0: <laughs> I don't know how they're gonna do it. There again, we'll have to see after the trade deadline. And but at this point, I I don't have much hope that this defense gets any better. Like it's basically you know. But my, my, the point I wanted to make was that you know, like De'Aaron, De'Aaron did not have a good game, but like. You know if you're not having a good game play a little bit more defense you know use your defense to create turnovers create easy buckets and you know like again when you don't make shots you can rely you can turn to your defense to you know make things a little easier for you open things up a little bit more but that's not this team unfortunately and when they're not hitting shots they don't have a defense to fall back on to you know kind of bail them out and create some easy offense
1: Yep, well, I guess we shall see, because (laughs) that deadline's a month away.
0: Um, I do want to quickly talk about Anthony Simons. I have kind of shitted on him before. Like, I always thought it was ridiculous that for whatever reason he was untouchable. Um, Like, when I think Neil O'Shea was the GM. Like, you had CJ, you had Dame, and then for whatever reason you trade for Norman Powell. Like, you have—that's four small guards— that all don't play defense and all could score, but don't play defense. So like, why the hell is this guy untouchable? Well, you know, maybe this, t- this is bring up the conversation. Why the hell was CJ not trained? Because Anthony Simons was really good this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had seven, for 11 threes, which is ridiculously good. And there was like just a point in the fourth quarter where he scored pretty much at least 15 straight, Blazers points and yeah he, he was pretty much our killer this game
0: yeah like uh yeah it was 15 straight points the Kings looked like they were about to make a run but you know Simons just shut that off right away like I'm not gonna blame De'Aaron too much but like De'Aaron's defense was suspect like just dies on the screen like there has to be a way he can kind of keep him in front like if if that's not the case like just put Davey on it like, you know, run, they ran some four-guard lineups this game. I don't know why they didn't just run a four-guard lineup to close the game and just have Davion on Anthony just to kind of cool him down a little bit. But, like, that's how it happened. And then, like, the second part of the equation is that the big man, like, you don't drop so hard. Like, you know, make make Anthony Simons, like, you know, make Anthony Simons drive and dare him to finish over you. Because as far as I know, he's not a great finisher. Good shooter. But like, you know, Fox needs some help as well. Like, it's, it's not, work. it's just not happening. And I don't know what the answer is. You know, again, the Kings just laid down. And, for, you know, I, you know, you never can say that the Kings should win a game. This game, they probably should have won. And they completely get destroyed by, you know, a terrible, what was a terrible defense. And, you know, not a great offense, but, you know, against the Kings, they look like, they look good, look competent.
1: Oh yeah. Let's see. After this game, I'm, well, I don't want to look at the standings, to be honest, but uh, Portland and Sacramento, I, I believe, are pretty close to each other in terms of game to the temp seed right? So we were
0: actually in the play-in before this game, but after, after this game, we actually move out of the play-in. Um, yeah. We are half a game behind San Antonio and Portland, so, you know, we win another game, you know, we sneak back in a little bit, maybe, you know?
1: Huh? Well, we'll see. I mean, there's a game tomorrow against uh, Cleveland, so we'll see how we do in that game. To be honest,
0: I don't. I don't have good. I don't have high hopes. Yeah. Yeah. like Cleveland is really good, and they're firing on all cylinders. And this, and this Kings teams is you know, it's a wet fart of a team right now. It's just mm-hmm. like they don't. They don't even seem to care anymore. Like there were stretches where like De'Aaron Fox like, up, like look like he just lazily hands the ball off to someone and like it almost gets tipped it's there's just not enough care in this world like guys aren't communicating anymore guys just don't look like they like each other they they look like they're waiting for the trade deadline is what it looks like and Uh. you know the spirit of this team is broken and you know the guy up top like whether it's in whether it's monty they need to do something like i know you shouldn't make a trade to make a trade but at this point, I think you should do is addition by subtraction. Just get rid of some guys, see what the hell you can get, and just get the best deal right away. Because, you are de- you know, I know teams are going to try and take advantage of you, but you're desperate, right? We're desperate right now. The Kings just don't have an avenue. Like, where are they supposed to go from here? Like, I guess you can, f- I guess, finally mail it in and finally call in, you know, the tankathon. But, like, I don't know, like, if that's... I don't basically I don't know like they need to do something
1: oh well, yeah I mean like I said within this month we'll see if any news comes out but as of right now it, yeah like you said there's really not much that we could do
0: like I already told you this like I would talk to you about how Daryl Morey if Daryl Morey does not trade Ben Simmons this off season or like before the trade deadline the city of Philadelphia should riot mm-hmm i was just going to say a Monty doesn't make a move like soon. And like, if he doesn't make anything by the trade deadline, oh, we should riot. Like we should, we should be up in arms about this. Cause like, this is not it. It's miserable to watch, at least make it fun in some way. But like, again, the spirit of the team is broken. Like we've gone through, you know, we've gone through blaming Luke for everything. But like, you know, Luke's gone and the roster is still the same for the most part and like we, we know that it's the players at this point like you need to do something on that front just to change it up but but again like if there, I mean if there if there if there's no deals and there's nothing he can do but as far as as far as I've read what I've read from national media and even from like you know James Hammond those guys guys on this team have value Harrison Barnes has value Buddy Hill has some sort of value and if you want to go there Tyrese about Halliburton and Uh, De'Aaron Fox have tons of value. I guess there are trades to happen. It's just that whether or not you want to soak, you know, take this one for the T, like you know, take the L on this trade and just make it and just make some sort of change for the sake of change. Because right now, this is as bad as it gets. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, we'll see.
0: Okay. Well, at least you had something to uh, something good happen. Uh your 49ers in the playoffs. Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was a pretty pretty tight game, really, in the last half and we went to overtime. And luckily we won the coin co- toss eh, coin toss too. And pretty much pretty good offense during uh, you know, the last part of four fan uh overtime to be honest. sorry just taking a sip of water oh.
0: um well that at least that's good for you uh, at least you had something to be happy about the bay, bay and of course like, we got to talk about you know the bay area sports clay yeah. thompson is back today and you know he played okay like he was a bit rusty but you know he can he's got i think he'll be okay i don't think he'll be great this year just because it takes about a year for guys to get back but like you know like the king i mean the kings the warriors look look like a championship championship team even without him and even and if he can just like be competent and give them any sort of boost i mean they're the favorites to win the
1: title right i know yeah he i mean not gonna lie he's he's looking pretty good after you know what uh everything he's gone through for the past oh it's been over two years yeah so looking forward to how he uh develops uh until you know the playoffs
0: yeah and you know we'll i'll be watching i don't know what i don't know what you're gonna be watching but uh, i probably i'll probably watch
1: clips because yeah
0: <laughs> yeah because fong is very as a very busy boy um okay um what else to talk about um well, I, I highly doubt you you've watched any wrestling, but apparently, so do you? Do you actually know that Mickey James was released by WWE? Uh, yeah, I've heard. And
1: did okay. we talk about uh, Regal? Uh, we did not. No. Okay. You, what are your thoughts? I thought that he could be utilized somewhere in the you know developmental, you know, in something in developmental in NXT, but you know. I don't know how uh, the, the, he's going about this new NXT rebranding. So, I guess really, I don't like. I guess not see any use colors. of him. You no, know? like, don't you love colors? Like, just why? It, it, NXT was already good enough, right? Like, why the rebrand?
0: Um, the, like the the reports are it's because they lost against AEW and you know i mean they were never really put in a position to succeed in my opinion because like vince never promoted the show which was very odd and you know if you're if you're willing to get into conspiracy territory i think there's a little bit of kind of i i don't know any other term to describe this that there's this superiority complex or yeah, superiority complex that Vince has over Triple H. Because I remember there was a story back in the day that Vince was really annoyed. Um, and I think it was WrestleMania 31 in 2015. Like that was the Zayn and Nakamura. Was that 2016? I don't remember. It was the it was that takeover where Zayn uh, went up against Nakamura and it was like the talk of the weekend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was so good that there were, apparently there were people that were saying like, man, man, NXT is better than the main roster, and, um, like, uh, Vince caught wind of that and basically, like, just got really angry about that. So, like, I, I always thought, like, maybe there's something there, like, in terms of just him having a superiority complex. He doesn't want Triple H to produce the better product than him. And maybe like he just thought it was time to shut it down. And also like the AEW stuff, like that that very much could be a reason. But yeah, I guess he just wanted to go in a different direction. Colors.
1: Is that really the only change? Colors. <laughs> because... I mean
0: it's a it's a shitty product. <laughs> it's a yeah. shittier product. So the it's very May roster-ish and like they don't hire indie guys anymore. They hire, you know, cheerleaders, bodybuilders and basically like, you know, Vince guys, like he's hired like his crew back, like you remember John Laurinaitis, like they hired him back, Um, they hired Bruce Pritchard, that you know, Uh, that uh, I'm sorry to use this word, that cocksucker, (laughs) that cocksucker basically and uh, yeah I mean, like Vince is just going back to what he knows basically
1: well that's great I yeah yeah not not the greatest to be honest but uh that's too bad (laughs) that's really too bad to be honest
0: yeah and takeovers are no longer a thing which is uh, that does make me very sad takeovers like were the highlight of most shows like uh, there were so many times where like you know the actual main roster show for that weekend sucked ass but takeover was always amazing
1: so, are the current rosters and the you know the previous NXT still in the current or rebranded NXT, or did they move up?
0: Uh, some of them are still there. I think Roger Strong is still there. There's rumors of Champa moving up, and who else is there? Like if, if you know him, Kushida is still there. Walter uh, is moving to NXT full time. Um, oh, okay. Th- th- there's some guys there, but like. We don't know what's happening. Like the the new, they're like trying to strip away as much as the old NXT as possible, which I but like it's that's how it is apparently. Like Vince just wants to go in a new direction.
1: Well, let's see if it succeeds or plummets, because it does not (laughs) sound good when it comes to Vince running the show.
0: Well, uh, what I did actually want to talk about, so you didn't know that Mickey James was released. Uh, apparently, she's going to be in the Royal Rumble. And right now, what? she's she's the Impact Women's Champion.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, that's a thing. Are they going to replace her? Or what's going to happen? Because no,
0: no, no. No. She, no, she's going to be in it.
1: But she got released.
0: Yeah, but she's back. It, it, so we don't know the details if this is a one-time thing or if this is like, you know, or if this is like it's going to be something more. But right now, it's just she's back for at least one night. And I, I did not watch the Impact uh, pay-per-view or, you know, show, so I don't know if she's still
1: women's champion. But uh, she's going to be in the Royal Rumble. That's that's yeah, that's weird. No, I'm. Uh they're gonna like squash her so bad she might go out within the minute or two then
0: I I disagree I think she'll have some sort of showing I don't I don't know if she'll eliminate anybody I think she'll be like there for a bit
1: if so, anything so is she gonna be back permanently in WWE or she's just gonna go straight back to Impact after this all ends because I doubt we
0: don't know there's no report of whether or not that's actually happening like basically we all we know is that she's gonna be back for the royal
1: rumble because yeah i have pretty well hopes in terms of her winning the (laughs) rumble why would you ever have hope for yeah, the know. rebel ever but um yeah so
0: that was, so i thought that was interesting it's interesting that wwe is now opening themselves up to work with other promotions like impact because aew actually had an agreed had a partnership with impact that just recently ended and a lot of people brought up the fact that like man they really underutilized that partnership because all they did was that they Basically, let in uh Gallows and Anderson, and that was a basically it. They didn't like promote like you know Kenny Omega versus which Rich Swan for the was it the Impact World Champion, and like they did not utilize the, the women's division, even though like you know Impact has a great women's division, and like um AEW really could have used like a, I guess basically a boost for their uh roster, but. Like, it's a real failure a bit on AEW's part, and I like to see what WWE does with this because that's one of the things that, like, that's one of the competitive advantages that, you know, indie promotions had over WWE, but, like, WWE never needed to work with anyone, but if they're willing to open themselves up, you know, there's a lot of possibilities.
1: Well, I doubt Vince would ever do that, to be honest. I mean,
0: you know, things have changed. Like, it's. I mean, like again, like would you have ever said, like, oh, Impact is gonna have a have a sh- at least like a short partnership with WWE? You never would have said that before this.
1: Yeah, that's true. But you know, at this point in time, you you think uh, it would benefit WWE at all?
0: I think ultimately very little because, like, I mean, it's not really good like what impact fans are going to come and watch wwe like they're more or less probably going to watch they're probably already watch wwe there's always those guys that are like oh i don't watch wwe anymore I'm Like i only watch Impact. i'm like good for you bro there's not a lot of you out there but you know all the power to you but like i don't think it helps wwe i think it more helps impact if anything but you know it's interesting to it's good i think overall to see that they're working together and Maybe it finally like has, you know, AEW step up a little bit because they've been like they've been, they've been very good. Don't get me wrong, but like some parts, like they've been very underwhelming. Like that stuff with Big Swole and To and uh what's his name? Tony Khan. Like, you know, Tony Khan completely dismissing the criticism of them not using their uh women's division and him essentially mansplaining <laughs> that, oh no, we have huge, you guys are right. That was a horrible look. So it's like you know, it's one of those
1: things where AEW do a little better. Ah, uh, I see. Well, I don't follow AEW, so I wouldn't <laughs> know. You don't follow WWE either. I, I know. <laughs> just, I didn't expect you to, but that yeah. should have been my New Year's resolution: watch more WWE. How's the gym going? Yeah, not so good. I yeah, mean, I got. Start on, let's get started yeah, first. Yeah, that's probably more priority. Yeah.
0: You know, Pepperidge Farm remembers, but Owen also remembers your New Year's resolution. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, this part went way longer than I expected, and honestly, we didn't even talk that much about the Kings. You know, just, but there are better things to talk about than this goddamn Kings game right now, because this was awful.
1: Uh, Yeah, so I guess we'll come back to you guys uh, tomorrow, you know, with the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Kings. So we'll <laughs> see how that goes.
0: Uh, do you predict a win or, you know what? Do you predict a competitive game?
1: At, at this point, I don't know. It's like, the, is there so many inconsistencies uh, throughout each and every game that we watch that? It's like, it's like just a, just a guessing game of whether or not the Kings will do this or that for next games. So at this point, I'm going to predict that might have a better competitive game but at the end of all this i think we're going to see some yelling i want to see some arguments with each other because this is ridiculous
0: you you know what my optimism has been beaten out of me i'm predicting a blowout (laughs) (laughs) i think the cavaliers blow us out um Yeah, I mean I hope I I don't want that to happen. But like with the way things are going, like how how else am I supposed to look at this? Like, there's too much evidence to the contrary. And honestly, they've beaten the optimism out of me. I'm so done with this team right now. This was a miserable watch. Although again, had they made some more shots, it would have been okay. But like they, they I mean, it looks like it looks like you know they've quit on themselves and if they have quit on on themselves what why am i still watching this shit Mm -hmm.
1: so yeah i guess uh we'll see you guys in the next game
0: well that was actually a pretty fun game uh after a series of you know absolute you know stinkers where the game look or the team looked like they wanted to quit um playing basketball finally got a pretty good game um what would you say
1: yeah i gotta say so i mean there's still you know some uh, stints throughout the game where it seemed uh, kind of similar to previous games but overall good fight uh, i gotta say especially somewhat on the defensive end but you know that's so nice fixing. I mean, the only thing I will say, like, about, I guess, the, the negative.
0: Where was this in Portland? Where was this, you know, against the Hawks? Although, like, that was a good game. But, like, where was this against, I mean, to be fair, like, they, they brought it against the Lakers, too. But, like, that's the thing that annoys me about a game like this. You show fight against a very good team. You know, Cleveland this year has been very good. And... Like the Kings fought them tooth and nail granted. They got out hustled on some place, but like they, they fought tooth and nail. So like, make sure that they didn't get blown out. They looked like they showed pride. And the thing was like last game, where was this? You know, it's just, it's confusing. I mean, it's good to finally got a good game. It shows that this team finally has some heart, but again. Why, why now, you know, like this was a game you could afford to lose to a certain degree if you had taken care of business with you know like Portland with um you know if you want to go all the way back like with the hornets and like you know those the the sixers it's just it's just kind of frustrating thinking about it that way,
1: yeah, very true, but you know, I'm hoping that of course, as I always say, they keep this up, but who knows? Because we're going against the Wakers on Wednesday. And uh Lakers for the most part
0: are rolling, although they got absolutely molly whooped by the <laughs> by the Grizzlies, who are, <laughs> you know, whooping everybody. So we'll see what happens uh with that game. But yeah, overall I thought it was a good game. Like it wasn't a very high scoring game at all. Um well usually. Usually we get in the one twenties, but you know, uh, K- uh we I didn't even mention uh Kings lose one oh nine to one oh eight. Again, overall good game. They showed good effort, but ultimately they kind of lost this game on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, more bleh, most definitely. And like
0: guys actually kind of hit shots. Like Buddy Heal like rarely now, like has a pretty good Offensive game five for eight from three. Most of those threes, terrible. But he hit but he hit them. And but there I will just call it out, like there were some god-awful plays by him where he really started to feel himself and he started dribbling looking, thinking he was Kyrie or something, and then it ends in some really bad shot. It got so bad, Chamezi meant to literally clapped for the ball, like standing next to him. And he i guess guess what? He did not pass it to him, and it leads to a pretty bad shot. But you know, I'll give credit where credit is due, but he had a pretty good game.
1: Yeah, and speaking about Metsu, I mean, he's not the best shooter I would rely on to when uh, shooting the three, but you know, he did make three for six, so how am I supposed to complain about that?
0: I mean, if you ever want to look at kind of like the roster, if you ever want to criticize the roster construction, like of just like how the Kings don't have enough talent Metsu is considered a spacer one of the spacers on the team and he shoots 25% from three like that's where we're at in terms (laughs) of just like roster I mean I like Metsu although I prefer him not to take as many threes as like he does but it is what it is the Kings don't seem to have a lot of options I mean your other option is you know I was going to say Marvin Marvin shoots 22% from three so again your spacer your best big man spacer shoots 25% from three
1: yeah, let's hope we fix that with uh, possibly a trade.
0: Yeah, and let me just quickly check Mo Harkless. Mo is shooting twenty seven percent. So you know, Ooh.
1: maybe
0: maybe more <laughs> maybe more minutes for Mo, who was known as a non shooter, but is the best option out of three somehow. Um, one funny stat that I just have to just laugh when I see this: Alex Len played twenty four minutes, had four points, but ten rebounds. Two for thirteen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean he got a lot of offensive rebounds, that's for sure. And he he was trying to get those way ups against the, you know the Cavaliers big men, but there was times where he doesn't fall through. So Well I mean, for, don't fall
0: he... for this game mostly it did not fall through. Two yeah. two for thirteen. I'm, I'm I only
1: saying. remember yeah, I only remember that one like was way up against I think Jared Allen and that's about it.
0: Yes, the possession we're talking
1: about is where
0: he looked like he just got angry that he kept missing. He basically missed two shots and on the last one drop steps Jared Allen for a nice layup, but that's basically the highlight. <laughs> and for the rest of the game, he just kept trying to bully his way through these big men. And, you know, like he, he basically pulled the Tristan Thompson to a certain degree where he kind of tries to bulldoze towards the rim. There's three guys around him and he tries to shoot it and gets packed to all hell. Like it was a very just, you know, like I think to start, like I think Marvin and uh, Len, I think, had the first eight shots of the game and they missed all eight like, to start the game. And that was just kind. Of, that kind of unfortunately set the set the stage for a lot of the game where they the big men just didn't get anything easy.
1: No, they did not. And especially, man, there was just a lot of plays where they were pretty much going within the, or to the Cavs uh, going into pain pretty easily too.
0: Yeah, like our rim protection is always suspect and also like you know the guards just give up penetration too easily and the the scheme that we run has our has our big men in a deep drop scheme where they're not really covering I mean they're they're technically covering quote-unquote the ball, ball handler but what it ends up doing is that it gives an opening to the big man and they always take advantage and you know NBA offenses just know how to take advantage of that nowadays. so it's just not a viable plan anymore and You know, you want to blame it on Fox, but like Fox tries to do what he can. Davion tries to do what they can, but they just get wiped out by these screens and the big man is nowhere to be found. So, yeah, unfortunately, this game was lost on defense. Yep. Sadly enough. Well, the Kings were able to keep like keep within distance with really good three point shooting 14 for 30 this game, 46 percent. They actually didn't shoot that well from the field. Thirty nine of ninety one forty four, basically just under 43 percent. Um, on the Cavs I just want to quickly shout out like you know uh, Darius Garland Evan Mobley these guys are good and they're gonna be good going forward and you know they have a nice little
1: core going forward yeah pretty exciting to see and I'm kind of wondering wait ah shoot what was his name the, 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 the Colin Stevens Sexton, Sexton yeah, yeah. We'll they're see how... gonna
0: need to trade him they need to trade
1: him I'm sorry <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens there because uh yeah, well, pretty interesting team. I didn't really expect the Cavs to be, uh, you know, this good, to be honest. This might be blasphemous to some Cavs fans. I think
0: Colin Sexton getting injured might have helped the team. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, you know, it, it lets Darius Garland run the show. And they, mm. they were trying to do this kind of like, you know, as far as I know, like, I, I don't want to speak this as, you know, pure fact, but like, it felt like they were trying to balance the offense between the two, but they find out like Darius Garland is really good. And even though he only had 12 points, felt like he had way more, but like, that's how effective he was during the game. He controlled the offense, you know, set up guys and just was, you know, really good. And of course they could use Colin Sexton off the bench but the issue is you can't really play those two together on defense. Neither one of them are good defenders. Like Darius Garland as good as he is, not a good defender. Colin Sexton like has clips of him really trying on defense, not good on defense. So I don't know how that's going to go going forward. However, I will say if Evan Mobley is going to turn into who I think he's going to turn into, that might not matter. You might be able to keep Colin
1: Sexton Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, if if let's just say Colin Sexton does come off the bench, which I highly doubt, and I highly doubt he wants to either, it would be a pretty interesting team. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes coming on forward.
0: Look, I mean, they have Kevin Love coming off the bench. So, you know, like there's a culture set there, right? You know, but... But also i will say I, I i get like some people were saying like the, the kings should trade for colin sexton i'm sorry but like he's kind of in the same vein as malik monk where i think they're good players but like you're telling me a, another guard who's small and doesn't play defense like the kings need more of those guys like i'm sorry <laughs> and and you're gonna have to pay like colin sexton upwards of 20 20 million probably like maybe just under like maybe 18 million a year I don't know. It's just like another small guard again that does not play defense. The Kings have plenty of those, and yeah. we don't need any more. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Evan Mobley, he's going to be really good. Homie played 42 minutes on a second out of a back-to-back. Oh, and, geez. like, you, you really felt him this game. Granted, he had some hiccups, but, like, he, these guys are going to be really good. And Jared Allen is really good. Lamar Stevens. Lamar Stevens killed us for stretches of the game where – The Kings just like got out hustled by this guy. They seem to have a lot of trouble with these, you know, these high energy guys who know where to be and just play with good energy. He got a a number of crucial rebounds, like in the middle of the game, like in the second quarter and the third quarter that, that were run killers. Like the Kings were like putting together a little bit of a run with the three pointer. And then they come back, they get a stop, and then it'll, end, it'll somehow end up, you know, in Lamar Stevens' hand for a putback or, like, you know, it leads to a three. Like, they were devastating offensive rebounds.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, surprisingly, I mean, he did play 20 minutes, but I'm surprised uh, they didn't or he didn't uh more touches other than those uh, five field goals. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, honestly,
0: because... Why the hell was Jetty in there? <laughs> like, granted, he was kind of hot for a little bit, but like <laughs> but I mean, like when it mattered, you know, I'm gonna call it the Buddy Healed effect. You can call it for Warriors fans. You can call it the Michael Mulder effect. He does not hit shots when it matters. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> like <laughs> he missed, like he he missed quite a few in the fourth, and it kind of let the, the Kings get back into it. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of it um, for what we have for the game. Overall, it was a fun game. There was a oh, one more thing. There was a funny moment where I think it was Jared Allen, and, or it might have been Evan Mobley and Lowry and It's one of the guys with uh, Marketed. I think it was Darius Garland tries to throw a lob to one of them, and both of them jump up for it, and they actually stop. They actually block each other, but uh. somehow the ball ends up in Lamar Stevens' hand for a layup.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Mm. As I mentioned, that was a run killer. Like the the Cavs gave it to you on a silver platter, and you let it slip up from your hands. It's just, again, egregious. I don't like it. Kings just do need to play with just better hustle sometimes.
1: Yep. Well, we shall see. But uh, another thing is, uh, have we mentioned that Nemezhida played today? We have not. Yes, Nemezhida.
0: So he checked in early in the first. Played played a few played a few minutes. And then came back, like, in the second quarter, the third quarter, and actually closed the game.
1: Yeah, I'm really lo- loving his energy. And I, I really thought, you know, maybe he would have played less than 20 minutes. But no, he, he played 24 minutes, which is pretty good coming off the bench. I mean, to be fair, we literally had no centers, I think, which is
0: why play. played. But, yeah. like, he showed some stuff. Like, he has some pretty good touch. You know, he, he had a nice post move on Jared Allen. And, you know like overall just seems like a good energy big like mm-hmm. who's a little bit slow but like it's he's not like you know completely cement footed like he's got something but i would like to see where it goes from here although mm-hmm. like the only thing i will say like he probably needs a little bit more work and also the kings didn't run anything from the high post w- through him they should try something like that if he's gonna get more minutes
1: yeah it'd be pretty interesting other than that, I mean, I'm loving the effort and his rebounding or attempt to rebound, but uh, he uh, he did get four fouls this game, which is pretty much I'm pretty sure why some of the runs were stopped. To be honest. I
0: mean, you know, he's a rookie. Like, ultimately, it all comes back to that. And, you know, he's going to learn once he gets more minutes. And, you know, these 24 minutes might be the most minutes he gets this season. But every single one of those minutes, every single one of those seconds he's on the court with NBA pros and Mm -hmm. also against this ginormous lineup is great for him.
1: Oh, yeah. And which kind of makes me think, I wonder if we'll ever give, you know possibly really king minutes because i mean shoot we haven't seen him in so long
0: i mean i guess like one of these days i guess i I mean he's there he's just he's in stockton right now but like they can always call him up and you know maybe once trades go down and like say you know you know fingers crossed you end up getting a ben simmons like maybe he can't play because he i don't know what the hell he's been doing but like Mm -hmm. let's just say he can't play like you, you know your mighty bodies and there's Louis King
1: you know yeah I mean we still had Jemias and Robert Woodard out there too so I don't know I guess we'll see what happens
0: yep we're just kind of waiting right now and you know at least the Kings showed us they do have some life like again I don't I do not want to see a dead corpse for the rest until the trade deadline the trade deadline is exactly one month away and uh we are here waiting. Um, just for something to happen
1: oh yeah but for now we're gonna be waiting for that Lakers game and hopefully Malik doesn't kill us again to be honest
0: I mean he's probably gonna do something he's gonna try something but we'll see if it works but Mm. yeah well well, you you just have to hope that Westbrook has a bad game maybe he actually turns the ball over this time that would actually help the Kings a lot
1: (laughs) and we'll get the rebounds hopefully so yeah we'll see
0: okay so uh two more things before we end this podcast so apparently pelicans wolves and Bucks scouts were uh, at this game there were apparently reserve seats for them um so the the idea that is that jason anderson kind of speculated that maybe they're scouting out for talent to trade for maybe so
1: that was something yeah kind of wonder who and for what to
0: I'm guessing a lot of buddy and like, see if the young guys have something like, you know, Jemias, like, you know, Robert Warder, although they didn't play, but like, you know, there's something there probably. And, you know, it, it is trade season. So there's your kind of, I guess, first appetizer, if you will.
1: Well, I guess we shall see.
0: Okay. So last thing we're going to go over before we end this podcast. So, um, I was listening to 1320 today with James Ham, and, uh, he basically brought up the point like that the Kings blew a lot. They basically we play very badly against depleted teams. Of course, yesterday we lost the goddamn Trailblazers with Anthony Simons and a bunch of dudes. Like <laughs> so, the, he kind of thought back like think of just think about it. Had the Kings not blown these you know games against depleted teams, like they would be in a very very different position. And, like, he brought up the number. Like, Kings probably win six more games. You add six more games. The Kings currently are 16 and 27. Going to do a little bit of math here. They will be 22 and 21. Right? Mm-hmm. So that would probably put them, let's see, 22 and 21. That would put them above, that will put them in the sixth seed. Uh... That will put them above the Mavericks. Actually, that would put them in the fifth seed. So just think about that. Like, had the Kings just taken care of business against shit teams, like you know they they would be in a very different position.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure also mentality wise too, because it seems like some of the games, like you said before, they just straight up gave up on most of the plays. Uh, mentality wise, I think we would have a, like a more winning, I guess ideal, possibly. I don't know. is a what if at this point. Well, this, this actually led me to actually do
0: some research. Um, and I listed out some games. I actually looked through the entire schedule and looked at a, a number of games that I felt were winnable. So I'm going to run them through you. And you let me know if you think these were, these, sh- these are games we should have won. And I'll just quickly juggle your memory to a little bit. Okay. So we were at this game, the jazz game. Do you think we should have won this one?
1: oh the home
0: yeah the, one the very home. first
1: the home opener very possible yeah i mean it would be pretty close but uh man i would say no just because
0: no. i also said no so that that's a no-go but the next game that I that i came to that i felt we had a good chance of winning and honestly should have won at Dallas uh, on on October 31st. So that was the game where basically we were down one. Luca hits a 30-footer and uh, hits a 30-footer and on the ensuing possession, Tyrese gets tripped, no call. And, Ty, and I think it was Tim Hardaway Jr. hits a three and the game basically ended there.
1: Do you think that was a winnable game? I would say no because, I mean, there's yeah, there's circumstances that happened. Sadly, probably wouldn't have, you know, should have happened. I guess.
0: I honestly think we should had that thirty footer not gone down, and honestly, like had we scored on on that on the ensuing possession, that changes the game a lot. I'm gonna mark this down as a game we could have won, and okay. you know, it was it was a relatively close game. Like, yeah, it's not like they really blew us out per se, but that was a very deflating loss at the time. But you know, I felt like I felt like we had a good chance to win that one. Um, Okay, next game, next game, Indiana at home uh, on November seventh. We lost that one, ninety-four to ninety-one. I say it was winnable. Okay, so that's so that's one, that's two for me, and one for you um at san antonio we got destroyed this game by the way so this was the start of the infamous Mm. road trip of death that basically kind of like kind of really set us back um basically this one was at on november 10th um we got blown out by the spurs on on in san antonio a 136 to 117 do you think this what should have been a winnable game
1: i think so i'm trying to remember what day was it again it was. I don't think this so would help you, but uh, <laughs> November tenth. November tenth. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah,
0: had the Kings had the Kings not come out flat, like you, you just wish. Although the score would dictate, probably no. But like, had they not come out flat and just play a little better defense, they probably could have actually escaped with this one, because mm-hmm. you know the San Antonio is a beatable team, and you know it's just one of those games that you wish you could have had back. Mm-hmm. And so me and you me and you both uh, pick it. We should have won that game, right? Yes. So that's 3-0 for me and 2-1 for you. OKC, um, November 12th, <sighs> that is the Lou Dort game winner that he stole. He got a steal on uh, on De'Aaron Fox, um, and he laid it in to win the game. Mind you, we were up 16 at one point, and we're up 10, I believe, going into the 4th.
1: Yes, we definitely should have won that game.
0: Yes, so that's another one so two, so was that four0 for me three0 um, for you or three I won't even keep count but okay okay, so this one is probably gonna get get your uh, get your blood pressure a little high versus Philly at home November 22nd we lose 1- 102 to 94
1: uh, yes, we should have won that game. OK, so,
0: yeah, that was uh, the one that was the first game of uh, of Alvin Gentry's um, King's career as a head coach. And I remember very specifically, there was one guy who tw- on King's Twitter who tweeted out, oh, my God, guys, guys, this is a, this is huge. Alvin Gentry actually made an adjustment. Do you know who didn't make adjustments? Lou Walton. He he was an idiot. You know, like, oh, my God, we're, we're going to be so Well, He didn't say that part, but he would basically just said Alvin Gentry is such a refreshing sight, And we end up losing that game. And then we find out, you know, we, we come to the realization maybe Luke
1: wasn't the issue. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, they were down a lot of players, if I remember correctly. Their entire starting lineup
0: was out. Like, legitimately. Well, yeah. granted, depending on what you, when you think of Ben Simmons. But, <laughs> like, I don't know who they're having start in this place. I don't know if Tyrese Maxey is the starter. But, like, yeah, their entire starting lineup was out.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Oh, oh this is going to bring back some bad memories. Against the Lakers uh, in the Golden 1 Center on November 30th, uh, Kings lose uh, 117-92. to That is the infamous third quarter drought. <laughs> that just it was it was one of the worst like moments in probably like this season where the Kings jump out to a huge double digit lead the Lakers looked helpless and then just randomly in the middle of the third quarter they just died I don't know what happened but they just could (laughs) not do anything for a good seven minutes I believe it was about seven minutes they did not score
1: yes most definitely we should have won that
0: yeah so that's another one Okay, so this one might be a bit controversial. We were at this game uh against the Grizzlies uh November 17th. We lose 124 to 105. Mm. So remember, we got we went up 15 in the middle of the th- in the middle of the second, but you yeah. know, Grizzlies slowly chipped away at that lead and ultimately like we started just stop scoring basically. And yeah. and mind you, we had a depleted team. Um, that, that game. I remember me and you were not even sure if we were going to this game because we didn't know if it was going to get canceled or not. Yeah,
1: yeah. cluster wasn't a jaw hider. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. jaw wasn't at this, at this game, but I felt t- to a certain degree it was winnable, but ultimately this is actually the game I'm going to choose that we weren't going to win <laughs> just because the Grizzlies are a good team and they probably would have been able to find a way to come back no matter what.
1: Yeah, with the team that they brought out and what we have left in our roster at that point, yeah, I, I'd say we we would lose too.
0: Although I will say, like that fifteen point lead after they after they got that lead, they just make dumb mistakes to just turn the ball over and just silly turnovers that lets easy baskets on the other yeah. end. Like they cut down on those. Maybe it's a game. Maybe like you know by some. You know, in in one in one universe, in some universe, they probably do win that game. But like, I mean, looking at how, looking just at this Grizzlies team and just how goddamn good it is, even without Jaw, like I don't know, I think they would have been able to find a way to get back.
1: Well, I guess we'll never know. But yeah, we, I, yeah, I doubt we would have won that, to be honest.
0: Okay, so against Dallas. Um, On New Year's Eve, December 31st, we lose 112 to 96. So this was another infamous run. So the Kings were, I believe, down, I think, eight or 10 um, Mm -hmm. at halftime. They Mm -hmm. managed to fight back. They tied at, I believe it was 666. (laughs) I don't remember the actual number, but they were stuck. They were, they basically got stuck at that score for the next six minutes or seven minutes. Or no, is is that right? No, I don't. No, I, I think they were just stuck at that score for for like a long time, and they basically didn't score. And in that in the meantime, Dallas managed to go on a twenty-two to two run. So actually, yes. So yeah, there were seven. There were seven minutes with no field goals, and three minutes between free throws. Basically, Harrison Barnes had a free throw in the middle of that seven minutes, and that was it.
1: Yeah, that's right and who we were pretty healthy that time too
0: yes we were facing a depleted dallas team with a
1: pretty healthy team yeah i think we should have won that i mean all we needed to really stop was i I believe brunson brunson yes (laughs) yeah and that's pretty much it i mean there's porzingis i mean he has size sure but other than that stop brunson stop the other guys that's that should be game
0: yeah, and this and this was one of the games where you really just kind of looked at De'Aaron. I mean, granted, it's not up all De'Aaron's fault, but like De'Aaron's like lackluster defense really just didn't cut it this game. Mm-hmm. And you know, like this is the one of the things where I wish they would go back to the three guard lineup more. But, you know, it comes with his issues, but like you need like a lockdown defender in Davion just to just to slow down Jalen Brunson and just not let him get to his spot so easily because he was good even in the even in the even in the win against Dallas. Like he just lit up the team, just got to a spot and just was absolutely deadly from mid range.
1: Yep, sadly enough.
0: Okay, Um, second to last game. Atlanta, of course, (laughs) the one where we lost uh, at the end um, when De'Aaron Fox gets fouled by De'Lon Wright. No call. Um, Was it Hawks go up two, and we basically lose that game.
1: Yeah, I don't... (laughs) Hmm, Yeah, we definitely should have won that. But uh,
0: mind you, Hawks didn't have Trey Young. They didn't have John Collins. And I forgot who else they didn't have. I believe they didn't have DeAndre Hunter. And if you guys care, they didn't have uh, a was it? Oh, God. What, what was his name? Bogey. No, they did not have Bogey either. Um, who was the J, uh, Jalen Jalen Johnson? There we go. Uh. They didn't have Jalen Johnson either. If you guys care about that. But like right. Yeah, they did. They were missing a lot of guys. But, you know unfortunately it was a very close game red velvet <laughs> kevin Herter, yeah. uh went off against us and just yeah we didn't have an answer for him and yeah it was a pretty defli- it was a fun game i i like close games i don't really care if we lose a lot of the time as long as it was a close game because close games are exciting it you gets your blood mm-hmm. get your blood pumping get your adrenaline running and uh yeah but basically we lo- we lost that game and it was an unfortunate another really unfortunate loss oh yeah Okay, and the last one, of course, Portland. They didn't have Dane. They didn't have CJ. They didn't have Norm. They didn't have, uh, what's the other guy, Larry Nance. No problem. <laughs> the Anthony Simons apparently can make up for both of
1: them. Apparently. And, you know, they pretty much, shoot. How many points were they up or pretty much ended up uh, as?
0: I want to say just under 20, but it it, it was a 20-point game for most of the game.
1: Yeah, so we should have definitely won that game
0: <laughs> yeah so count those i believe you said two of the games you did not believe that we would have won and if you include the grizzlies so that would be three um ultimately so if i if you count that like if we just say if we just go with you you say there was three of those games that we weren't going to win that's still 10 games we should have won
1: mm-hmm
0: so you you change that to our standings right now, which we are at sixteen and twenty-seven. Take away take away ten games, we turn into twenty-six and seventeen.
1: <laughs> that would yeah, we'd be in the playoffs. No, no. <laughs> no, we would. No, we would. Oh, yeah. We would be in the fifth seed. We'd be we'd be sitting pretty oh, in yeah. the fifth seed right now. I, I'm so dumb. I I keep on thinking well. We'll never know until the <laughs> end of the season. But yeah, I mean, we have kept it up. We definitely would have been where Dallas would be.
0: I'm just Yeah, so it's just one of those things where... the And like, if you go with mine, we would have been 27 and... Um, 27 and... 27 and 16. No, 15. Like, that would be a really good record. But... You know, the Kings, like, they, uh, this is, un, the, I mean, the the Cavs game kind of symbolizes what the Kings are. They play well against tough teams, and every now and then they pull out the game, but, like, against bad teams, they just don't have the ability to take care of business and just win, you know, win the games that you're supposed to win. And instead, they always have, find a way to blow those games, and this that's why we're at the position we're at now.
1: Uh, well, I guess there's always next season, but you know, still, still half of the season
0: left. I mean, I, I'm not punting on the season, but like you know, what I'm just waiting for a trade to happen, and we'll see yeah. where to, where we're gonna go from there. Are we gonna like reset and just you know recalibrate for next season? And, you know, which is. a uh, it's not an attractive prospect to me because Mm -hmm. the Kings don't have a great record of you know being able to retool we've been in the lottery for so long like even when we got a high pick you know you end up picking Marvin Bagley no shade to him but like you know so the the history history just doesn't you know favor us in a way like I would prefer us to trade for a star like we'll have to see what the the cost is but like if you trade for a star you find a way to win You know, you find a way to kind of like change the culture. Like if you get a guy like Ben Simmons and you don't end up giving Fox or Halliburton, that could be a very intriguing team. And it probably gets you into the playoffs, most likely. But like outside of that, like if you just, you know, make moves around the margins, I don't know that does the I don't know that does the job.
1: Well, I mean, who knows, to be honest. It's hard to say because we, I don't know, we haven't experienced any, like, good winning seasons in such a long time.
0: Well, yeah, I've only been a professional fan uh, for about two seasons and it's kind of drained. I've, I already have my optimism drained out of me. Like, yeah. We're at that point and, you know, look, I'll just say this, the main thing I don't want happening is for us to make a Vucevic-like trade where you give up two draft picks you lose your lottery pick, and you get a guy that actually doesn't really help you win.
1: Oh, hopefully with Monty around, he knows better than Vauday, of course. And... Well,
0: the thing is, like a lot of people want Sabonis, and from what I from what I read from Shams today, Sabonis apparently has a very high um, price. And James Ham has been calling for a guy like Sabonis, and I get I get where he's coming from. I just, I'm not a fan of Sabonis. I'm just not. And especially if the price is going to be Vucevic-like. Like, again, two draft picks, some young players. Like, Wendell Carter was a good prospect that they gave up on. Like, I I wouldn't do that trade.
1: Yeah, it really depends on that trade. But uh, two draft picks? So it can't be like just like Buddy and Marvin and we get him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. It's not that easy, huh?
0: I mean, if it was that easy, why are they still here? <laughs> like, <laughs> so that that's the thing. Like, you can't, yeah, you, you can't, like, to, in order to get something, you have to give up something, but you have to value your guys properly you have to value the asset that's coming back properly, and mm-hmm. that's why we're not GMs. I mean, I went on, I went on, you um, know, I went on King's Twitter today and it was as toxic as could be, but, like, it's, I'm sorry, but, like, you know, for the guys that are mad at Monty, I'm sorry, you probably wouldn't do any
1: better hate to break it to you. Uh, Yep. I guess. Hopefully Monty comes up with something soon. Because it's pretty draining. And I am feeling tired right now. When are you
0: feeling energetic, though?
1: I uh, don't. No. But,
0: you know, like, I mean, I, at least this game gave me a little bit of life. The Kings showed a little bit of life. And unfortunately, I'm always going to get sucked into this. And, you know, as long as they give us entertaining games, I'm good with it. And, you know, if if you're a fan of tank, if you're on the tankathon thon train, this is the kind of game you want. The, the, the Kings fight, and they ultimately lose. So, you know, you improve your draft odds.
1: Yeah, well... I don't know. Like, if we were to tank, I mean, what seed were are we really going to get at, anyway?
0: No, no, we're probably no. I just looked at the standings. I'm looking at Detroit, Orlando. We're not catching them.
1: Yeah, we're not we're
0: catching not... the Rockets. You'll know, we'll have to hope like we're in the Raptors situation of last year, where you just happen to sneak into the fourth pick.
1: That'd be pretty lucky, but I mean, who knows? To be honest, it's it's. Pretty low well odds. And I will say to you, uh, for, uh, no shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for that great analysis. <laughs> no, but like, it's, uh, yeah, we're not catching those guys. And, you know, if you want to go full on tank, I get it. You know, you're going to have to re- rely on the lottery gods. And the lottery gods, uh, unfortunately, a lot of time aren't exactly kinds of the kings. Apparently, we were a few ping pong balls away from getting Kate Cunningham. Like, just a few ping, ping pong balls away. It's just, it's just not, the, it's just not the Kings' forte to go into the draft, unfortunately, because they they just don't get lucky there. And, you know, I'm just hoping for a good, balanced trade. Like I really want Miles Turner, and if you can get Miles Turner and like Cam Reddish, and like I don't know how you would get Ben Simmons after that, but like if you can somehow get Ben Simmons, it or if you can somehow, if he's actually available, I just doubt he's actually available. If you can get Pascal Siakam. Like just, just call Masai and just ask how many draft picks you want, and like just start there.
1: E- <laughs> how many draft picks would you give up? I'm gonna say three.
0: You're gonna have to start with four, I think. Ah, Masai, Messiah is a negotiator. And Masai, remember, he wouldn't give up Pascal to keep Kawhi because that that was a well, at least from what I read, that was one of the things that that was kind of the deal breaker for him not returning to Toronto because he wanted to trade pascal for uh paul george and i believe westbrook was involved which at that point that's probably i would have said no to
1: but <laughs>
0: like you know like that i mean that's how he values that guy and Masai apparently is a, he's a he's a ruthless negotiator
1: mm, i see
0: okay well that's all that's all i want to talk about we definitely went way long on this one, oh, but yeah. you know just uh just some ideas for trays and you know again the kings have breathed a little bit of life back into me as a fan i don't know about you but you know it's it was good to see another competitive game
1: yeah like i said if they keep it up that's a two thumbs up for me
0: Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll catch you guys back on the Lakers um, on the, after the Lakers game. It is not a back-to-back, right?
1: You no, know it's on Wednesday.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll see you guys after the Lakers
1: game. Mm-hmm. And congrats to Georgia for winning the national championship.
0: Yay. I watch football. All
1: right. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>